Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Sines. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. Welcome back. I am so glad that you guys are here. I have been wanting to share this information for a really long time. So today we're going to be discussing the culture shock that came with moving to Spain. I just wanted to talk about this because a lot of people had a lot of questions about what was different from the States and Spain, how it was feeling. And so, yeah, we're just going to jump right into it. A little background about everything. I moved to Spain because my spouse at the time was active duty. So before moving to Spain, I feel like this information is crucial just because it plays into the story. So we had been living with roommates in San Diego, Escondido, and we were told not to resign our lease because we were going to have orders to move to Virginia. So we did not resign our lease and our roommates ended up getting a house of their own. We ended up moving our stuff into a storage unit. So we only had a suitcase that was packed with some clothes, but we were basically living out of the suitcase. Our plan was to find an Airbnb or just go stay at a friend's house until we moved because it was only supposed to be about two weeks before we were moving, but then COVID hit. So everything got delayed like four months. And so we had nowhere to live and all of our stuff was already in storage. So we had a huge dilemma. Luckily, our old roommates, they had a house that had three bedrooms. So it was just two of them and then they had two dogs. And we were supposed to road trip from California to Virginia with both of our cars. So we only had Blakely at the time. So we have two dogs. I don't know how many of you follow me on Instagram or are familiar with my life, but that is me. So it was my spouse, me, and then Blakely is our bigger dog. And then Mateo was like the smaller dog. So Mateo went back with my spouse's mom. So he doesn't do good with car rides, but we had Blakely. Blakely was about three months at this time. So they let us move in with them and we were living there. So we were basically just like re-wearing the same clothes. We did that for about four months or so. And then we ended up taking the road trip from California, which that is going to be a completely different podcast in itself because that was just a crazy road trip. Definitely a great time, but just crazy. Leading up to that, we were told we were going to Virginia. So we actually had orders to go to Virginia. I was not supposed to go with her, but I did. Luckily, because literally as soon as we pulled into Virginia, her command called her and was like, oh, congrats. Like your ship is actually going to row to Spain and your wife needs to leave in two months. And we were like, uh, okay. I wasn't even supposed to be with her, but I still went anyways. And luckily I did. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the military process of moving, but it is crazy. This was my first time. We had only been married for like, I think a year at this point. This was her first big move and big deployment and also her first ship. So there's a lot of news for us. 
So I did not know everything that went into a move. And let me tell you, it is freaking crazy and you need months to prepare. So I basically had all that. We came over with everything. We ended up picking up Mateo on the way. So her parents actually live in PA and we were stationed in Virginia. So we drove up and got him. So we had him in Virginia. We had both of the dogs and then we moved with both of them over to Spain. So we land and the CO picks us up. That means commanding officer. We had literally no idea until like a few weeks down the road. We were like, holy crap. The CO just picked us up and took us to our hotel that we were supposed to be staying at. And it was just crazy. He was super nice, super genuine, definitely made sure to check up on me and was like, hey, like, how's your wife doing? There's going to be a culture shock. Like he explained everything to me and was like, you're going to go through ups and downs. Like that's normal, but just stay in it. You're going to get used to it. I promise you're going to love it here. And I was like, oh yeah, no problem. When we came, it was COVID. It wasn't as strong, but they were definitely still in like the lockdown phases. So we had to quarantine for two weeks in this hotel and it was horrible because they wouldn't bring us any food. So when you're in the military going overseas, I don't know if it's like this for every command, but you have a spouse sponsor and they're in charge of you. And then your active duty also has a sponsor. Well, my partner never got a sponsor. So we only had my sponsor and everyone was like, you're too far out of range, which mind you, nothing is far in Spain. The farthest is like 25 minutes. Maybe we were only 15 minutes away from base and everyone was like, it's too far. We can't bring you food. We don't know what we're going to do. And we didn't have a microwave or like any way to cook food. So We did not plan this out. We had no idea what we were getting into when we were looking at hotels. Definitely did not go as planned. We were starving because the time zone is nine hours. The U.S. is nine hours behind Spain, at least in California. Since we were in Virginia, we were only seven hours behind. But we were still starving and we had no idea that in Spain, they close everything from like two to six, sometimes eight, and then they're open until like 11. Luckily, we had a restaurant connected to our hotel. They had no gluten-free options, but I was able to actually eat a ton of pizza before I started to feel any symptoms. Their ingredients are so much cleaner over here, so it was just so nice. We couldn't get anything delivered because now I know that we needed a Spanish SIM card at the time, but none of us had that because we were in quarantine. So none of the apps were working for us. They have different apps, like they have Uber Eats here. They have something called Glovo, which is like their main app, and that you need the Spanish SIM card for. I ended up getting really frustrated, and I just walked to McDonald's. It was literally right down the road, probably like a mile and a half down. We weren't supposed to leave at all, but I was like, screw this. I'm freaking starving. I think I lost like 10 pounds because we didn't eat. Yeah, I ended up walking there. McDonald's is freaking amazing. We had McDonald's for like three days straight. Like we ordered everything off the menu because we were so hungry. We were like telling our sponsor, like, we don't care. Just bring us McDonald's every day. Like it doesn't even matter. So that was a plus. I was not vegan at this time. So I ate whatever I wanted and I recommend McDonald's. It was great. During quarantine over in Europe, they are very strict. They had every single city limit blocked off. 
So you had to have a letter and the only time you could go past a border, basically the letter was saying that like you worked in that city or you had a doctor's appointment that you had to go to or something like that. Well, we didn't have any of this documentation because we had just gotten there. So we were still in quarantine, but you're allowed to go take your dogs for walks. So we had found a dog park. We had a rental car at this time. And so we went to the dog park. Well, on the way back from the dog park, we got stopped by the cops. And luckily, they let us go. We just basically showed our orders and they were like, okay, great, you're fine. That was nice, but it was also so intimidating. They set up these cones and then they have like three cop cars lined up. They have one with a gun and they have the other two which stop you and question you and do a bunch of stuff. And Blakely does not do good with men or I don't think any dog does good with people coming up to the car windows. So I was like, please do not stop us. Like, please don't stop us. For COVID, they have a curfew. So places usually, like I said, open back up between like eight and they're open till 11. Well, during this COVID phase, most places did not open back up, including the restaurant at the hotel that we were staying at. So we were starving and no one could go out after 10 p.m. I mean, obviously we could like take the dogs out to go to the bathroom, but besides that, you can't be out like walking the streets or anything. There's cops. They are very, very strict. We finally got a rental car after two weeks. That was nice, but active duty only has a certain amount of days and it's supposed to be to help the spouses settle in, but this is definitely not the case because the quarantine days count. So they only have, I think it was three weeks. So by the time we got out of quarantine, there's two days where you have to like set up all the paperwork and do a bunch of stuff. We had to take our driver's license test. That was a whole different ordeal in itself. So basically you're supposed to take your driver's license test. Well, my spouse is on a ship and they sent the driver's license test to them to take so that they would have it all completed by the time they had to go back to the States. Well, all of the spouses thought that we were supposed to take the test as well. So we all took it, but we weren't supposed to. So basically that ended up just passing all of us. And it was so hard. We had the booklet and everything. So it was easier for us, but I can't imagine taking it and not being in that situation. I probably would have failed because there was just a bunch of signs that you had to know what they meant. And like, so I just learned as I was driving, I was like, you know what? I think this sign means this. I would ask locals what it meant. And that's basically how I learned how to drive in Spain. I mean, I looked at the general gist of how to use roundabouts, when to go and stuff like that. So we literally only had four days to find a house before my partner had to go back to the States. I also had no idea how to drive a stick and they only have manuals in Europe. Basically, it's very hard to find an automatic. And if you find one, it is really expensive. So my dad kind of taught me when I was younger. I remember him being like, you need to learn this before you get your driver's license. And like we did, we went out. He tried to show me, but I was just so impatient. I was like, I cannot do this clutch thing. Just not working for me. I literally had three days to learn. And then my partner had to leave back to the States. And then I was pretty much on my own and I was screwed. So <laughs> that was an experience. I did learn in like two days. I just drove everywhere. And luckily it was still right after COVID. So the streets weren't as busy. There was no like tourists that much allowed. So it was pretty nice and they were actually really patient. I would highly recommend learning a stick over here than in the States. I just feel like in the States, it would be really stressful. People here are more patient. I stalled numerous times in like big roundabouts and they were just so patient. They did not honk their horn. They just like went around me. I just didn't feel that much pressure, which was really nice. 
My partner had to go back to the States because she had to go back on her ship and then come into Spain with the ship, which honestly makes no sense because they were already in Spain. So I don't understand why they wouldn't just leave them in there, but whatever. It's the military and it never makes sense. So we just go along with it. We had already looked at a bunch of houses at this point. So in Spain, they have a website for military houses. We were searching on there for the longest time. We searched on multiple Facebook groups. They have these people called runners and they're essentially real estate agents. But for Spanish people, they're really familiar with working with military community. So they know everything that we need to have. So basically for the military, you have to have certain guidelines that's different than regular Spanish homes. We are required to have mosquito nets on our thing. We're required to have AC units in our houses, just like more upscale to make sure that like we're being taken care of. So we had found a runner and we were viewing multiple houses. I am not a huge fan of house hunting multiple times. Like I know within like the first second of seeing the house or like walking in, I'm like, this is not going to work. I don't like this house. Well, we couldn't find anything. We were noticing we were being like super picky about what we wanted. And we're like, this isn't the States. Like we're just going to have to settle on something that is ideally what we're looking for. The houses are pretty run down here in Spain. And we wanted something with grass because the dogs, they only have tile here. And I knew it just wasn't good on the dog's joints. And I just really did not want tile, especially Blakely's breed. She's a German Shepherd and American Staffordshire. And they're known for tearing their ACLs. And I was like, this is just not going to be good if we have tile. So we found this house. It was kind of in the country area of Spain. So you have the base, which is in Rota, which is tourist central, American central, then you have Chipiona, which is country area, and that's where we settled on. Then you have Puerto, which is the other side, and I don't really know how to explain that. Then you have San Lucar, which is really far away. I feel like that one is the farthest away, for sure. So we ended up settling on Chipiona. I fell in love with this house. absolutely loved it. After that, every other house, I was like, no, we have to get this house. So I was stuck on my own because my partner had to go back. So we get 30 days in the hotel. And after you get the house, it has to go through like an inspection and all this stuff. So the house wasn't ready for like another two weeks. So I had to stay in this hotel for two weeks. Then I moved everything that was in the hotel, including Blakely and Mateo into the new house. Mind you, I'm realizing this is the first time that I have ever lived alone. So the pure panic and anxiety sets in. I am crying, just having random bursts. I'm thinking about what the CEO told me and I'm like, okay, it's setting in. We're here. We're in this stage. We're just going to feel it all. So I'm sleeping with the lights on every single night. The dogs are in the bed and I'm just really feeling the anxiety. Mind you, I don't know anyone. We just moved to a completely new country and we also live in the middle of nowhere. I feel like Rhoda has like townhouses where it's like you would think in the States where there's houses next to houses and you know your neighbors and it's very nice. Well, I don't know Spanish, so I didn't have that in my favor. And I'm in the country. Most of these houses around me, there's nobody living in them. They're vacant. There's only people there for farming land, basically. So I'm just freaking out every night. I'm staying up. I am not adjusting to the time zone. I think it took me about a month and a half to adjust to the time zone here. And that's because I kept waking up at 12 or 1 
and then everything would be closed. And so I was like, you know what? I need to get on a schedule because I'm not going to be able to do anything. That was my first three months just sleeping with the lights on and everything. We had some loaner furniture, which is nice that the military provides that for us, but it is absolutely hideous. It looks like a freaking doctor's office or something. It's just not comforting furniture. So I basically had a bed. I had a couch. I had a side table. I had a desk. I don't know why I got a desk. I didn't have any of my stuff. I was waiting for my stuff. So it takes about three months for it to ship over to Spain. And also I didn't have my actual car yet. That's why we had the rental car. I was waiting for that. I actually loved driving stick like so much. I remember picking up my car and I forgot how to drive an automatic and I was shocked. I was like, how is this even possible? I think driving a stick just like stimulates my brain more. Like you have to figure out the clutch. You have to figure out shifting gears. And for me, it was just nice. My mind works fastly like that. I was able to focus on the speed I was going. Whereas automatic, I feel like you're just an autopilot and you're just driving and it's not fun. I was surprised by that. I actually did love it. So we finally got our stuff in and I just went on like a full purging bend. I was like, you know what? We've survived this long because at this point it was like seven months since we've seen any of our stuff because you have to remember it was in storage previously and then it takes an additional three months to get over to Spain. Normally when you have this, they let you know beforehand so you're able to plan when to ship things and have it there when it is time for you to move there. Well, we didn't have that time because by the time we got to Virginia, they were like, you're literally leaving in two months. So everything was short noted to us. And that's why we didn't have our stuff then. I start selling everything. This is where my minimalist stage sets in. This is actually one of the perks to moving, I feel like, because it allows you to clean things out. I also wanted this house to be super comfy since this was like the first time we were living on our own. We had only lived with roommates previously and I just wanted to like get our own stuff. I wanted it to be comfy. I've always wanted like a comfy environment and I kind of knew what I was looking for. I wanted a boho chic vibe, but also a classy modern vibe. So I was trying to mix both of those. So I got everything sorted out. I sold some stuff that I needed to. I am waking up with bites all over me and I'm almost positive it's bed bugs. So I have to take everything down, take it on base and wash it in scolding hot water, make sure it all gets washed. Luckily, my friend helped me. Some girl that I met over Facebook a few weeks prior, she was a saint. And between that, I'm at home spraying down our couches and our beds with like bed bug spray. And there's like this thing I looked up, I can't remember what it said now, but I remember it was like spray with bed bug spray and then do hot water and then vacuum. And I was just like, okay, we're doing this. We're getting this out. So that's pretty much what I did. I did it like four times, I think. And then I bought bed bug covers for our beds and made sure everything was sitting in the sun. And it was just like this huge, long freaking process. Mind you, I had like just unpacked everything on my own, gotten all the rooms set up and then found out we had possibly bed bugs. So I was just a freaking mess at this point. Then it was just problem after problem. There was so many different types of bugs. We lived in the country. There was like spiders. There's anthills everywhere. There was mold that I dealt with. There's these deadly caterpillars that come in between like December and February. They're called processionary caterpillars and they link up and they're super deadly to dogs and they actually come from the pine trees, which they have everywhere. And we lived next to because we were in the country 
and my landlord did not want to come and spray. And it wasn't until I took a picture of them. My dog's health comes first. You need to come spray all these trees now because I'm not taking my dogs out in this. I'm by myself. Like I can't talk to my wife because she's on a ship. She has like no way to communicate besides like Facebook Messenger or email if they even have service, which she didn't really have that much service. I just remember like calling her mom and my friends multiple times when I was just like, I am so tired of living here. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So just full on breakdown. I was like, I'm ready to go back to the States. They didn't tell us any of this when we moved over here. Hey, there's deadly caterpillars. Watch out. Make sure you don't get a house with pine trees or anything like that. So we had no idea. Basically, after all of that got situated, I started getting back into content creating and just like having fun. I explored every grocery store and walked every single aisle of it. I used my translator on my phone where I was like translating. And that's basically how I learned Spanish at first. I would look at the word in Spanish and then I would look at it in English and I would try and memorize it and try and pick a word that like made sense to me. Or if it kind of related to the word in English, I would try and remember that. I also downloaded Duolingo and I started to learn Spanish that way. So I did that every day. Um, And then I've been here for about two years now and and I can understand it, but I can't speak it back. There's something about speaking it back, the process in my mind, like I make it way harder than it needs to be and it just, it doesn't come out, but I can understand it. So that's a start and I will take that. So it was really fun to explore different grocery stores in Spain. I feel like Spain in general is really interesting to me. Their technology is far behind in centuries in some aspects, but then in other aspects, it's really high. There is a department store. You basically set all of your stuff into this basket and it literally scans everything. You don't have to scan everything one by one. So I think in that aspect, technology is higher here. They also have it to where you take off like the security tags that are on clothes and that's how you scan it when you're ringing it up instead of scanning an actual tag. So I think I was shocked by that. I also have a bunch of fresh produce, which I love that about here. It's such a farmland here. So many fresh produce things here. So they only have what's in season in the stores, which is really nice. You're not ever getting pesticides or sprayed veggies or fruits And so I thought that was really cool. They have a machine that has freshly squeezed orange juice. And I thought that was amazing. It tastes so freaking good. I just like basically went to every single store. I wanted to see what every store was. I wanted to see like the differences. And it was just really fun to explore. All right, I'm stopping now. I have to tune in next week for part two of me moving to Spain. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in. And if you benefited from this episode in any way, the best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team. Or even better, drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at Megan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.